Hello and welcome to Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Alan. I'm Katie. And we're still married. You're sounding chipper this evening. I may or may not have just eaten some really good tacos and some really good guacamole. We are not a mixed culinary marriage. No. We love... We're foodies, would you say? We are 100% foodies. We love finding new places. We I wouldn't say we rarely go to the same place, because we have some favorite places, but we love going to new places. We went to a new place tonight, and it was delightful. It was so good. I just wanted tacos, because after our long trip, which we will get to... That's right. All we wanted, all I wanted was Mexican food. <laughs> They're surprisingly, shockingly, and not so shockingly... No me- good, no good Mexican in um, England or Scotland. That's right. It's almost as though we are in very close proximity to Mexico here in America, <laughs> and that influences how good the Mexican food is. Although, let me say this: Arizona has better Mexican food, yes, than Utah, and better Mexicans. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> edit that part out. We we did have some really good Indian food in the UK. Yes, I mean that. Yes, the Indian food was incredible, except for one. The one meal was like, yeah, Meh. yeah. Okay, let's get to it. Let's stop talking about food. Yeah, if this is your first episode, you're like, is this a food podcast? I thought this was a mixed faith marriage podcast. It is a mixed faith marriage podcast. This is our first episode in about a month and change because. Well, we, More. Yeah. Because we recorded the episode, like, back in June mm, that we right. released. You're right. So we've actually taken the whole summer off. Yeah. We had a, a number of episodes in the queue, as they say in the UK. Yes. Uh, ready to release. And so that episode that we, re- we released uh, just before our trip, mid-July, was recorded in June. But here we are, and we are excited to get back. We want to give you in this episode just a little bit of an update over the last month. We won't spend a ton of time talking about our trip, but that is what we were doing for the past month. And then we'll tell you what the next month looks like for Marriage on a Tightrope. Katie? Yeah, so where we left you on the cliffhanger (laughs) of an episode last time, I was crying. Mm, I remember that. (laughs) I felt like I needed to take a break from just church and life. And it was a really convenient way to do it when we left on our vacation. And I kind of felt bad because I I re-recorded that in early June. So, you know, Mother's Day had happened. It was like fresh and things were hard. And I think that's people. What, I think that's one of the things people like about this episode is I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're just going to share the hard stuff that's happening right now, and that's what I was sharing at the time. But then the messages I received after were like, "Oh my gosh," and and I had I had gone into a better headspace, you know, because it had been like a month. But I didn't really know how much church we would be going to when we got to England and Scotland because I did. We were with Alan's mom, and Alan's <laughs> mom um, is is very. I mean, she's very active, and you can listen to episode sixty nine for my interview with her. It's one of my favorites, probably my favorite episode. She's just the best. And um, anyway, but we did. I just didn't know how much we would be going, and I was totally willing to go. I actually like going in other countries or other places. Just. Because it's different, usually. It's really not, though. It's no. so the same. No, but it is especially, different. Okay. Hold especially, on. Especially in the UK. So, 
We all told the kids. Can I tell the story? Yes. We all told the kids the night before. Uh, Wait, your Sunday. mom's so this was Saturday. This. No, this is that's okay. She knows. Like, this does is, she know? I'm, well, she's about to. So, we told the kids the night before. We said, "Look, uh, we're all going to go to church tomorrow. This is something that your grandma really, really wants. So, we're not going to complain. It's a little bit early. We're going to have to get up because it started at nine. It's in Hyde Park, so it's like just about downtown London. And we're going to do that. And right afterwards, the Natural History Museum is literally across the street, and we're going to walk across the street and go to the museum. Then we'll go home. You can nap and whatever. We're not going to complain. We gave him this big old, um, I almost said TED Talk, pep talk, and then we did it. They didn't complain largely because three out of the four of them slept through <laughs> through. Uh, okay, minute. so here's the deal: we we were in England and Scotland during their heat wave. Yes, and we showed up. Um, I mean, if you, it's known for like it's very rainy weather and overcast days. That is not the England and Scotland we got. No, we got three days out of thirty days of rain, and we had primarily beautiful gorgeous weather in london though it was hot it was hot and so we we get to the church building and i'm like i mean you know usually when people see a new face it's like hey how you doing are you new or what's going on they must be sick up to their armpits Sick up to their armpits? Who are you? (laughs) That just came out. They must be like sick of seeing so many new faces every week because, you know, that's that's where people go. They're vacationing. Go to the London ward. And we did make it to the 9 a.m. ward, which I hear the 11 was usually much worse, much more people, like vacationers there. Anyway, but we walk in and we're hoping for people to be greeting us and they were just like oh you know another person that's vacationing so we went in and sat down and the funniest thing was there were a lot of like young single adults there and we're like what's going on oh just the byu singers who happened to be there singing in there and then they were the musical presentation that that day and um i mean it it just was it was funny all th- three of my kids passed out. It was very hot. There's no air. There's no AC. The, bish- the bishopric member that presided or that conducted was American. The, from, the two speakers he was from like Payson. Yeah, or something. the two speakers were American. It was. It was actually really funny. And it then was. we talked to a few families. They were American. Yeah. All. I mean, it just was. Yep, it was. So it actually wasn't different at all. <laughs> we felt right at home. That's right. That that was the only time that we went to church and we only stayed for the first hour right um the rest of the trip we did not um we we opted not to go and i'm not mad about that decision but okay we'll get to the to the trip part but let me i want to i want to say this so i made a post on sunday about me going back to church for the first time and it was one of those things where I felt like, okay, I haven't been the whole summer. We're back from vacation. I, I'm just going to go and see how I feel. And Alan's awesome. I got up and got ready and he woke up and he said, you know, today could be, you know, really potentially hard for you. Do you want me to come with you? I'm in a good headspace. I can come with you. 
And I kind of decided that, you know, that's not a sustainable thing. And I really felt like I needed to do this for myself, like to go to church, back to church and see how I felt. And so I'm like, no, that's fine. But then I walked into each of my kids' rooms and asked if they wanted to go. And my daughter, who usually says yes, who usually comes with me, she said, Mom, I'm not going to go today, but I, I love you. And I was like, oh, gosh. Like, to me, that was really such a sweet response. Like, validating, like, making her wishes known and then still validating me. And I think, gosh, how, how easy would it be if that worked in the marriage? <laughs> if I just, you know, if Alan it, it could just say, like, you know, I'm not going to go today, but I love you. And I hope you have a good time or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he does do that. But I thought that that was very intelligent coming from a child. For sure. And so... She's better than all of us. She absolutely is. So I ended up going to church alone. And here's... Here's my best way to describe it. It was like you were gone from the summer from school. You're coming back. You walk in. You're seeing your friends. You're doing like the shooting pistol motions at them. Like, hey, haven't seen you all summer. How are you? And it was like social hour. That's how it felt coming back. It was so nice to see people. I've always said... The, it's the people in my neighborhood and ward that keep me coming back because I love them so much. And then I get into the chapel and I sit down and my, my besties behind me, good friend in front of me, and we're chit-chatting, chit-chatting, and it starts. And I look to the left and it's an empty row. And it, there were so many complex feelings in that moment. Like, oh man, if I just had one person with me, it would, that would make me feel better. And also, wow, my family showed me a lot of love before I left. And also, you know, Zara was so smart to say that she, you know, validated me and loved me. And also, this is really hard to be here without my family. And did I make the right choice in coming? <laughs> so you, you kind of go through these like little ups and downs of feeling sad, but feeling grateful, but feeling proud, but feeling... Um, lonely and there wasn't any anger in there. And I, I'll have to say in the past, there's been anger mixed in there, but it wasn't about anger on Sunday. And so I'm kind of like sitting there and a friend in front of me sees me and she's texting me. And so it's really like, I'm not really even listening to what people are saying. I'm just kind of taking it all in, you know, everything that's happening around me. I'm very aware and then, you know, the first hour ends and it's like everyone wants to talk to me about the trip, about my extensions, <laughs> which is a whole nother thing, about how my summer went, how happy they are to see me. And I mean, and they are genuine. There's no fluff. Um, so, you know, that carries on to the second hour. And then I run into a good friend of mine I hadn't seen all summer and the two of us spent the whole time in the foyer just talking and catching up. And so a lot like the first day of school, after a while, after even going a couple more times, the newness wears off. And so that's kind of like my first time back is I felt like it's like the first day of school, very social, very fun. And then I imagine that 
in the coming weeks, like that will kind of dissipate or fade. Right. And so I don't know. We'll see what happens. You know, we've, we really intentionally tried to keep this podcast about the marriage and just about the marriage and there, and all of you know that there are so many things just within church news happening in associated press news that's happening. And I'd be lying if I didn't say that that is having, um, I'm having a hard time with taking in all of those things. And so we're not going to get into it cause we're not that podcast, but can I ask you on like that topic? <clears throat> we haven't really, you and I haven't really talked about it a bunch. Like you've kind of processed a lot of it on your own. Right. Is that kind of the space where we're in with most of kind of churchy things? Is it's not, it's no longer like you and I need to hash this topic out. It's more like you need some space to think about how you feel about this. And like, we're not really hashing topics out. No, I'm an internal processor anyway. So it's something that I really Mm. like feel like I do a deep dive and I do my research and I listen to ex- people's experiences and I, and I look at both sides of the f- coin and then I sort of come to my own decision about how I feel right. about it. And then that's usually when I come and sort of just tell you, but there's, yeah. there's no hashing of things out. Well, if, if like, if, if people have been listening to this podcast for the entirety of its duration. First of all, why I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Make better choices. Uh, but early on, um, the the Sam Young Protect LDS Children movement occurred, and I was very passionate about it. I marched twice with him. Um, ended up getting to meet the guy a couple of times. Spent a weekend with him. I mean, great guy, and what a great movement. I was really passionate about that. So yeah. that's an example of when that was happening, like I came to you guns ablazing and like, this is why this is important. We have to go meet with the bishop. The kids will not be alone with him. The this, 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 we got to teach the children. We got to do this. And I guess that's not necessarily bad, but now with recent events, it was like, I'm not coming out guns ablazing anymore. You know why? Why? It's because I think you can tell that. I, it's hard. Like I have an internal struggle myself with how I'm feeling that you don't want to dogpile. I don't want to dogpile. And I think I've said this a number of times to a number of post-Mormon men, uh, when they, I just today I got my car serviced and somebody recognized me from the podcast there and he came over, uh, at the dealership service area and said, said, are you Alan from marriage and type? And I said, yeah. And we started talking and he started talking about, um, how difficult it is that this news story doesn't bother his wife more. Mm. And the advice, not the, I guess you can call it advice, but I, I said to him what I've said to many people of, it is not the effective or the compassionate thing to try to pull your spouse to your side. It's not effective because it doesn't work. 
No. Like, the defenses go up. Yeah. And, again, I'm using this language purposefully so that it can be either spouse. It's Not just the sides. spouse that's out. It's 100% both. That if you try to pull your spouse to your side, it's going to backfire more yeah. often than not. And it's not compassionate because you're saying you need to change. You need to be more like me in order for us to work. And look, are relationships easier when you agree on out of a variety of topics? Katie and I argue now more about media choices <laughs> than we do about religion. I want her so badly to watch Breaking Bad with me. And you finally agreed. We're going to try it. Well, anyway. We'll see. So anyway, that's like, I just want to take a second and just recognize that like we really have come a long way from like the, the big news of, you know, church, modern day church stuff. When something big happens, it's not becoming a big blow up moment anymore. And I think that that's, to both of our credit, I think you're, you handle things a lot better than you used to. And I think I've learned how not to blow things up too. I think it, what it comes down to is we respect where, where the other person is. And Mm -hmm. we've, we've allowed differentiation in our marriage and we've been able to differentiate, you know, you can feel one way about it and I can feel the other way and we can still get along just fine. Yeah. Um, I yeah, it's been it's been quite the roller coaster, and this is not us. I we don't want to get into any of the details, right? But I, I do think it's important to talk about like how we how we handle difficult how, topics yeah. at this and stage, how, and that's and how that's changed, and how it's and how changed. that's changed. Because a number of people that may be listening to this, uh, we've gotten a number of emails from believing spouses. That are like, I don't want to nuance my belief. I don't want to... It scares me to think about agreeing with my spouse in any way. And you... Have you felt that way before? Yeah, absolutely. And now sitting here today, your beliefs are nuanced. Sometimes you choose not to go to church. And like... Sometimes I don't want to agree with you either, right? Like it's... Right. Yeah. And And it's... So for those that are just tuning in to Marriage on a Title for the first time, you may be looking at where Katie is and go like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go back and listen to these episodes because over the course of 120 some odd episodes, I've changed a lot. Katie's changed a lot. You go and listen to the first episode and I'm talking about my relationship with God and now I'm a pretty fervent atheist. <laughs> just things change. And I think that's that's one of the, the key lessons in our mixed faith marriage and one of the key lessons in marriage on a tightrope is change isn't only okay, but change is expected. And you don't have to push towards any specific conclusion. Just be compassionate towards one another and let the journey be the journey and not make it about any any conclusion as far as belief goes. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. That didn't. I hope that didn't sound. That didn't sound skewed towards. It's okay if both of you end up not believing, because that's not what I mean. I don't mean that at all. It's put the relationship first, and when when and if things change, they may, and that's okay. And look, we are just one couple telling our story, and there are 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you that share your story with us through email, through message, through Marco Polo. And Al and I are consistently in awe at how you handle things in your own marriage. And sometimes, you know, they are, they look similar to our, similar to ours. Sometimes they are nothing like us. So you just take it with a grain of salt. Like, we are just one out of many, many examples. And if you need more examples, that's why we have the Facebook group. That's why we have the Marco Polo groups. That's why we have as much interaction as possible and hooking you to other couples that you do, you do resonate with. Like, because we are not the only voice here. Yeah, the mixed faith couple map is one that we haven't talked about in a long time. Right. In the announcements on the Facebook page, there's just a Google map with... Couples that have voluntarily put their pins where they live, not with the addresses or anything, but their pins where they live and said, like, contact me on Facebook or here's my cell phone number if you want to reach out. And I would so just say, I'm like, the more than the maps, though, the Marco Polo groups oh, yeah. are just Very so active. active. You can find the links to all of those Marco Polo groups in the Facebook group as well. Just do a search in the Facebook group for Marco Polo and there's a number of there's a couple of posts but there's the most recent posts will have links to all the different groups yeah you're okay. gonna you're gonna hear from other families uh yes, on this, this episode, episode as well so uh, other right. couples I should say uh and, and both of them are, are such good examples of their very different situations than yes. us both of them very yeah. different yep very different and um which is why we like to bring couples on and interview them and and because yeah. we just hope it resonates with someone um, Alan, I'm going to ask you, okay, let's like shift a little bit. Okay. Um, we went on this sort of European vacation we planned a year ago and we took Alan's mom and, uh, she was born and raised in Scotland Well, she was, she was born and raised in Scotland Well, she was lived there until she was 10 and then immigrated, but yeah. We are the, Alan's like has not been back with his mom and we really wanted this experience of taking our kids and traveling and just kind of like opening up the world to them um, while we saw a lot of things and did a lot of things. So I just want you to share what were some of your big takeaways from like this big trip. All right. Number one. Uh, I'm going to save my favorite for last. Number one was uh, it reaffirmed my love for just human history. Uh, there's, I, I made sure to be a, an uber dorky dad by saying the following statement about a thousand times. You know that wall over there? It's older than our country. <laughs> you see that church? That church is older than our country. Uh, I said that that phrase just a billion times and... One of my favorite, probably my second favorite activity we did was the Roman baths in Bath, the city of Bath. And it wasn't anything crazy special, like nothing neat as far as like there was nothing sensory overload, crazy stuff going on. It was just a two, literally 2000 year old uh, natural hot spring that the Romans had built uh, a temple around and a gymnasium and like this, just this and big it spa. It was a big spa for the Romans. And you got to walk through the ruins and the way they had it set up, just told a story, like transported you there. And just that, just, it scratched my itch for curiosity on how we've been 
in societies for thousands of years and how far we've come and and how advanced they were you know the the way this thing was set up was super impressive and it was just like so I could have been in there for hours and hours in fact that was a really special tour for me because I was really taking my time in every single room and I dealt with the kids and Katie saw that I was like having a moment and she, ah. <laughs> um, I remember like being in one of the rooms and looking over and she was sitting on a little stone bench with the kids and my mom and they were all just patiently waiting, sitting there. And I just knew, I'm like, I know that she has said something to them about like, y- your dad is just, it's okay. Just <laughs> wait for him to be done. It's totally all right. Because my kids don't just like patiently wait for anything. So I was just very grateful. And I don't even know. I didn't even tell you this until this moment. I don't know if you did say anything or everyone was just like, we're just going to wait for him to be done. But I didn't feel pressured. And it was like a really cool moment. And... Probably the f- my favorite fact is the one that you sh- shared with me about the bath, about the water, the droplets of water that have trickled down from the mountainside to go to the natural hot spring to bubble up to this point is like there. It's it could be thousands of years old. Yeah, like the the water there. They estimate that the water that is bubbling up is is literally it took ten thousand years to get there and. It's just like super cool stuff. It's really neat. And then as we left, we sat outside this courtyard to have these like bath buns and tea. And there was a Spanish guitar player in the courtyard. In front of this huge, I don't even remember what kind of tree it was, but this huge, beautiful tree. Older than our country tree. Older than our country country tree. Older than our country. There was a plaque that said it, it was planted in 1760. Right. And this man playing... Like the guitar, but like it's, it's like the Spanish, the Spaniard way. And so it it was magical. It, it, it was probably my single f- favorite day of the entire trip. It was. That yeah. day was my favorite day. It wasn't my favorite activity. Because, was it a, okay, here's, here's a question. Was it a spiritual experience? Yeah, and I think that the tricky part is having to define what spiritual means. I think you can define it for yourself. Oh yeah, like, to I you. would say um, moving. It was a, it was an experience that moved me in ways that can only be done by recognizing there are greater things than yourself. Okay, and there was one other moment that you that you had that. Yeah. So the other moment was the very last day before we drove back to London. So we were up in Scotland. We were in Edinburgh which is close to where my mom grew up. She grew up just across the way in Kirkcaldy. And Katie had done this amazing trip planning and gotten us tickets to what's called the military tattoo. And it's right at the base of the castle. So if you know the city of Edinburgh, if you don't, uh, most of you probably don't, I didn't, uh, you can look it up. But the castle is kind of perched up on a hill and then the city is kind of all around it on both sides of, of the castle. So... You walk up to the castle, you get in kind of stadium seating, and you're right at the base of the castle, and then the sun goes down. It started at nine, so it's right at sunset, and they they march out multiple cultures, 
mostly Scottish, but multiple cultures of uh, bands like drum drum lines and the U.S. Army band. The U.S. Army band was there. They had two or three vocalists from the U.S. Army band, and two of them were rappers. Which was really funny. Really fun. <laughs> they were really good. Yeah. And then a female vocalist who was just phenomenal. There was a like there was Mexican the... mariachi band. There, oh, yeah. There, there was were, like, like major Aztec. There Cocoa New Zealand. And they did the, Haka, did the Haka, which was super fun. But the, the favorite for me was all the bagpipers and sitting next to my mom, like in the town that she grew up in, <laughs> like right next to her, like putting my arm around her. And like, I had been waiting for this moment my whole life to just be with my mom. In her homeland, like the land where I came from, and what, and what day was it? That was on the ninth anniversary of my dad's passing. So it was it was a like a a great I don't know if distraction is the right word, but it was the perfect activity for my mom to do on that day. Agree that like if you're not in a good place and then you go on vacation together, one of two things happens: either you just get over it and you enjoy yourself and you have a good time. Or you're fighting the whole time. And I did not want to like leave like being in the place where we were just fighting. Right. Especially like with my mother-in-law there. And so I was concerned about how it would go. But we got there and being away from all of the pressures and everything at home that was like waiting for us. Um, Not to say we didn't have it there, but it was just... We were experiencing it differently. Um, it was kind of like a, a honeymoon for us. It was nice. It was nice. And I would say that my takeaway from it is, one, that my children, a whole new world has opened up to them. Don't really. you dare close your eyes. I mean, really. Uh, we would go to these little, I mean, it would be like a British family going to the the rec center on vacation. And you would be like, what are you doing here in my city? That's kind of how it was where we were. With a few, yeah, a few of the towns we went few, to weren't we, like the big tourists. We did the locations. big tourist towns, but we also went to these small little towns where we stayed. And people would ask us, what are you doing are here? Are you really from America? Oh, okay. My favorite was... My boys went to the skate park one day and they didn't, we were at the park and right next door was a skate park. And anyway, they didn't have anything with them, but they would talk to the teenagers there and they would, this, these teenagers would be like, are you, are you actually from America? And they would say yes. And they're like, is there a gun store on every corner? And my, my kids would be like, Jackson said, well, you can buy guns at Walmart. So yeah. And I mean, they were like little mini celebrities everywhere we went. And of course, like one, we do not look English or Scottish. And two, we open our mouths and it's like, you know, we, everyone sounds so proper and amazing. And we are like this, Hey, here we are loud Americans. But, um, my kids, interacted with so many different people and people were so kind to us. I mean, they were so over the top, accommodating, helpful, so kind to us. Talk to my kids. My kids got to see a completely different culture in a different light, in a different way. And you know, what's important to me, you know what, you know what I grew up thinking that my way was the only way to be happy. 
But here you have this like whole culture of people who are super happy doing this, doing, doing the same things that they do every day, going to the cafe, taking their dog on a walk. I mean, I just, hanging, I hanging their clothes to dry. Cause they don't have dryers. Well, I didn't home. love that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but I, I just like, that is the type of experience I want my children to have. So that was a big one. And then the other one I told Alan, I was like, I feel like I'm going to have um, withdrawals when we get back because the fact that we got to spend like 30 days all together, every day, all day was pretty incredible for me. I, I loved it towards the end. My kids were fighting so, so badly. I mean, we did the Edinburgh, this military tattoo, this big spectacular. And then we had three days, like two and a half days before, you know, we, we had to go home and my kids were like, all right, all hell is breaking loose and we're going to get, we're going to fight. We're going to fight the whole time. And that's fine. But I, I just, I feel like it was, um, like my heart was like open to so many more things and so many just experiencing life in a different way just made, I don't know. It just made things so amazing. So, um, my daughter towards the end said, all right, so next year, mom, I'm thinking Paris. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad that you all are now catching the bug to travel, but you know, we're going to have to, we're going to have to tame it down. We're going to go to, we're going to go to Cedar city. (laughs) (laughs) A month? No, no. I think this, this trip, it was, it was great. And I think to end the topic, I'll end it with my favorite quote on travel. Oh, wait, did you look it up? Are you going to try and remember it? I totally have it memorized. (laughs) It's not pulled up on my screen right now in front of me. Mm -hmm. This is from Mark Twain. Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness, and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. Marcus Bartholomew Twain. Okay, I, I'm pretty sure that's, that's not, not his name. Marcus, isn't it? No. But, but you did get the quote right this time. Thank you. I memorized it. I was not reading off of a separate browser. Okay, we this was like our intro. <laughs> That's a 35-minute intro. <laughs> Y'all, this is like, okay, this is just how we have to update. And, you know, we get off topic, so there we go. Uh, we want to dedicate just, we have two things to play for you. Yes. And we want to preface it by saying that, like many of you know, because you're in our Facebook group and Instagram, but if you're not, we wanted to let you know, hey, we have another tightrope um what is it called <laughs> workshop on a tightrope workshop <laughs> coming yeah. up and it is the final one of the year uh, we are starting on september 11th if you don't know what workshop on a tightrope is this is a six or seven asterisk i'll show, say what that means in a second week course with natasha helfer who is really the the prominent mixed faith therapist in in LDSville. <laughs> is that a good way of putting it? She's been doing it for a long, long time. This is our seventh session with her. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Our seventh session with her. We've been doing it for almost three years, two and a half years. We've been doing it with her. 
and it's just been absolutely phenomenal. 170 plus couples have been through this course. And one of our, so here is just the cliff notes version of what you, what you can expect. This is a, a weekly course where we hop on a zoom call every single week and we cover a different topic for those six or seven weeks. I'll just say now the bonus seventh week is sex and intimacy. So the six weeks, however, uh, you're going to be learning all about healthy communication in marriage. You're going to be learning what is and what isn't a faith crisis. You're going to be learning about uh, negotiating tenders or difficult, uh, you may hear a dog bark here in a second, but difficult uh, behavioral changes or milestones. You're going to be talking and about uh, parenting in a mixed faith marriage and telling other family members about uh, what's going on in, in your marriage. So this is this is something that uh, is super important. Every single topic we we developed with Natasha, and she's been kind of honing these topics for over ten years. So what we do is every single week we get on to the, to a Zoom meeting with every couple in the course. Their space is limited to about twenty five couples. Uh, we're not full just yet, and we'll explain how to register if you're interested. But we we get on. At that point, you have already watched a pre-recorded presentation of the PowerPoint presentation, mostly presented by Natasha with some color commentary by me and Katie. Uh, you come there. We ask questions about the content that you watched uh, in, a, in a big group, and then we break into smaller groups, uh, one with Natasha, one with me, one with Katie. And we're able to spend more time uh, sharing as a couple how you did on the tightrope in action exercises. This is like the homework of the course. Uh, different, we give you some prompts to start different difficult conversations. Not always difficult, but good exercises to help you understand how things are going in your, in your mixed faith marriage. So you do that seven times. Yeah. Right. And I just think like you can listen to us talk about it all the right. time, but uh, what we really want you to do is listen to people who have taken the course and been awesome enough to share their own experiences. And we have two clips we wanted to play. The first one is from a recipient who actually received a scholarship to do the class and the course. And I'm going to say that there are an, a few people in particular that always donate to the scholarship fund and it goes to help couples who really need to be in this class, but for financial reasons, can't do it. And you know what? It's so great to see so many of them pay it forward. And so if you are in financial need and you like, and you want to do this class, please don't let it be the factor why you don't reach out to us. Just please reach out to us. Um, we have these donors for a reason and I feel like this, for whatever reason this year, there's like a high need. And so also, if you would like to be a scholarship um, donor, you can send it via Venmo to Marriage on a Tightrope. And you can just say scholarship fund and we will put it towards the couple. And I'm going to say like in the past, we have had, you know, young students who are going to med school. We've had people who had kids that were going through cancer treatments or they themselves were going through cancer treatments. Like I, I just want to say that your money is put to good use. And I also can tell you that every single person that has been sponsored, which there have been multiple in every group, every person that's been sponsored, they have shown up to the classes, they have done the work 
and they have benefited from it. And so, um, there's no one better to talk to you about this than our friend Jen. So we're going to let her tell her story first. And you'll hear her mention that she started this group. That's what she says at the very beginning of her message. She was so thrilled to be the recipient of a sponsorship. She wanted to pay it forward in her own way. So she started a Marco Polo group asking other couples that had taken the course to give testimonials in that Marco Polo group. And then anyone that was interested in the course, she would add them to the Marco Polo group so she could hear other couples' experiences. So she, just wonderful. I could cut the last 10 minutes of me explaining the course. She does it better. (laughs) So here's Jen. So here you go. Hey everyone, my name is Jen Alvey and I live in Meridian, Idaho. Um, I started this group because um, I was a recipient of a scholarship for Marriage on a Tightrope and it has played an integral part in saving my marriage. And I have had talked to a lot of different people about the benefits of the group. I find people have a lot of uh, concerns or thoughts or questions about it. And I just thought it'd be great to have a neutral place where people regardless of your relationship with the church could come in here if you've taken the course and be able to speak to um, the benefits of it, the tips you might have for people and so forth. Uh, I am not in any way affiliated with Natasha or um, Katie or Alan or anybody that's running the workshop. Uh, I just wanted to have a space where we could we could uh, let people know because I know if you've never done it before and you're wondering is it worth the investment or is it going to be leaning one side or the other there could be a lot of concerns you have about it and I just wish everybody who is in a mixed faith marriage could take the course because it is hugely beneficial and I'm sure I'll get in here multiple times as I think of the things that I like to share about why I loved it so much. Um, one of the things I wanted to say was just how amazing Natasha is at keeping it very, very neutral, but also speaking to both sides of the spectrum. Um, it was really helpful for both my husband and I to hear from someone outside of ourselves talking as to what it feels like to be in either side of a mixed faith marriage, especially in the LDS faith tradition. It also really helped diffuse that that we are in a really negative and awful situation. Uh, Natasha talked through how normal it is to have uh, faith transitions and development of faith in a lot of different religions. Um, And that was super helpful to kind of neutralize it in a way that feels like this is normal, as well as just really learning some general marital communication tips. Um, some of the things I loved about it, well, in my situation, my husband and I were in a separation and I actually attended the courts almost entirely by myself, knowing that while he was going through some therapy on his own, uh, that later, because the workshop is recorded, that he could later listen to the recordings as well as we could potentially do the homework assignments together, which by the way, if you don't know, uh, the way the workshop works is um, you both have a login. You know, you can you can log into uh, the account, and there are pre-recorded courses on specific topics. I think there are seven topics, seven weeks, um, that go over different things. And I probably don't need to go over that right yet, but uh, you get to watch those on your own time over the course of the week. So by the time you have your Sunday evening live Zoom meeting. You have had this instruction and uh, you get to listen to um, Natasha and Katie and Alan are there live 
and we get to ask questions for pretty much however long we need to. And then sometimes we have breakout groups where we can talk privately um, more directly and you can always, you know, chime in and have the chat and things like that. Uh, and that was super helpful. And then we can listen to other couples that have questions, just that whole group therapy feeling where you can, even if you yourself uh, don't feel like you're you're shy or introverted, you don't have to speak directly to the group if you don't want to. You can have your video camera on or off. Um, it was really helpful to have the opportunity to directly ask questions to um, Natasha live. And then there's these homework assignments that each week in conjunction with what you're learning, you can um, then with your partner privately go over that. Uh, and so then the following week, we can talk about how, how it was, um, did it bring up new concerns or issues and um, you continue to learn together as a group. And so, but much of it is private. And so for, for me, um, it worked really well, even though I was going, attending by myself, I learned so much. Um, and I felt like I understood my spouse a little bit more. I learned about taking things to the lab, which allows you to experiment and, um, try things out knowing that uh, if it doesn't work, that's okay. We just keep trying, give a lot of hope. Basically, uh, it, a lot of laughter. Um, I, I just can't speak highly enough about it. And really the, also the magic of it as well is if you're willing, um, they, they form a Marco Polo group during the course of the, um, workshop. So you get a chance to talk offline of the workshop more privately, basically, uh, through Marco Polo. And so that was really great to continue the conversation. Of course, in these groups, then those people that were close, living close to each other in the Utah area or otherwise, uh, could have meetups and, and get to know each other, go out to lunch, play games, go on date nights, all of that, which builds community. And, um, even though my husband, like I say, didn't go to the live recordings, except for the last one, he joined the Marco Polo workshop group. And from there was able to meet other post Mormons. And of course, um, there's a, a men's post Mormon group, lots of groups for those guys. And it was so great for him to actually feel like he was getting support from people who um, were were wanting to make their marriages work, that were striving to better understand their spouses, which gave him support rather than just um, worse. I, I don't want to knock Reddit groups because sometimes that, that has a place for, for venting and, and feeling validation, but... Um, Sometimes that can be a little bit of an echo chamber and uh, and cause more negative feelings and um, just kind of brewing in the in the open wound of it all. And so I just really love that these Marco Polo groups were all about healing and it was very therapeutic. They speak speak their truths. They have a place to kind of get their emotions out. I know for men it can be harder sometimes to talk about your emotions. And so I've been really grateful for the support he's had. Uh, in those groups. And then for, for myself, I've been a part of the Believing Wives group um, for quite some time too. And that for the last few years has really been a lifeline for me as much as I'd love to say that my, um, my family and my ward family were there for me. Um, sometimes there's some limitations there and they don't always, um, you know, are there for the intimate pain and details of it all. So I just can't speak enough to the workshop. It is totally amazing. Um, I'm sure there's more, uh, as, as we have conversations about it, but I just want to have a huge gratitude for whoever, um, has contributed to the scholarship fund. 
I am a very grateful recipient of that. And I'm happy to say my husband and I are back together and our marriage is stronger than ever. And um, we have the shared values chart that we made as one of our um, talking one of our homework assignments, we blew up the poster. We have it in our in our home, and we look at it often. Um, so many wonderful things have happened because of the work that has been done for the workshop and in this group. So uh, please, I hope as people filter in and share their thoughts um, that you do so, and hopefully this will help other people want to either want to contribute to the scholarship fund or take the course themselves because it was literally marriage saving. So the last one that we want to play for you is from one of our favorite couples, Jane and AJ. They were in our course the last time we did it earlier this year. And I feel like the, just the two of them talking about how it changed their marriage and how it was so helpful is just more impactful than what we can say. So AJ and Jane. Take it away. All right. This is Jane. I'm AJ. And we're going to, we haven't talked ahead of time what we're going to say, so things might come out a little bit. uh, Haphazardly. That's okay. So how about you go ahead? So briefly, yeah, uh, my faith crisis happened at the end of 2019, and I held on to a lot of thoughts and feelings for several months um, because I didn't want, I felt like I, I don't want to ruin the holidays or our anniversary, you know, just like a lot of things around that time. And so I just withheld a lot of, a lot of things. And then finally, when I talked to Jane about it, um, things didn't go very well. We, we kind of were in this space where we weren't really talking. Jane held on to a lot of, a lot of pain. You can speak more to that. I don't know. What, what, what you, were your... you were worried we were gonna, I was going to leave you. And I said, uh, I love you more than that. Like, I yeah. love you more than church. But, and it gave us permission to just love each other for who we are. But then things came up with having five kids and wanting to do things differently. And Yeah, so we kind of almost put talk about what it meant to be in a really, in a mixed faith marriage for, uh, we put it on the shelf, as it were, for um, for several months. And I was still attending, is just um, kind of having a lot of a lot of doubts. Um, then something happened in August of, so I guess we were in that space for a while, probably close to during a coronavirus, year, year and a half, and then yeah, and then, and then COVID happened. We were zooming, but you guys, I mean, like you and Hannah only passed the sacrament like twice during that, maybe. Yeah. So then we were, I guess we were in that space for about a year and a half. And then, um, something happened in August of 2021 that was kind of the, the deal breaker. Well, no, our, our, so our, our child came out as transgender, um, in And we in were kind May. of, yeah, holding on by a thread. Talk by a church leader happened in, in August of 2021. And that's when I decided, you know, I, I, this wasn't a space that I could, um, I could stay in anymore. As that happened, I was, I'd been interacting with a a friend of mine from, from grad school for many, many years. And it both came, you know, kind of came out that I was having a a faith transition and he said, Hey, same Z's me too. And, (laughs) (laughs) and he pointed us out to the podcast and um, I listened to a couple episodes of the podcast and Jane did as well. I had listened to a couple before, but I wasn't like, we have a dynamic where if I tell AJ to do anything, he won't. <laughs> well, and likewise, you go right back at you. <laughs> so, so him, he's like, Hey, I've got this friend. He did this mo group. And so AJ comes to me 
August or September and was like, what would you think about taking this marriage on a tightrope workshop? Yeah. And I'm the one who's super budget conscious. Like, I don't do the budget, but I'm the punny thrift. I don't know. You're thrifty. Thrifty one. And so I was like, if you're willing to spend that kind of money on us, then I'll do it. And I came into it actually a little bit nervous that it was going to be more geared towards like people leaving the church and, and like that I would might be feel persuaded, but in the class, it was really neutral. And I really, really appreciated that. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a, 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 a safe space. It, It never, you know, stuff about church and, and doctrine and history or whatever, all those reasons that people may have for, um, leaving the church or staying, you know, a lot of, that, that was, that it wasn't came up the focus. a little bit, but it was like only just like as information to give background to context to yeah. why they're having, uh, you know, uh, a difficulty or whatever. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, that's all kind of background, um, for the, the whole core of the class, which is thriving in a mixed faith marriage and mm-hmm. having the tools and the conversation, those hard conversations to choose each other. You know, I think Jane, I, I'll say it, but Jane is the one that came up with it. It was like, feel, felt like it was six years of therapy uh, in six weeks. And, yeah. and I, you know, I, I will say that I think it saved our marriage. Not that, I did too. not that like we were on the fast track for divorce, but, um, I think we're on the slow track for divorce. We were on the slow track there, but, um, just by being able to have those, being forced to have those conversations, being able to, um, have the input from, uh, other couples, from Natasha, from, the, uh, the mounts was so, um, validating and educational and um, just amazing to be able to give us the uh, the tools to be able to you know work out any differences and also just see a lot of the uh, commonalities that we have with each other. So I it's just just a fantastic yeah. fantastic course. Yeah, I think it really helped me uh, find my voice where I have felt like I couldn't say certain things or that I wasn't allowed, um, so that I, I could, I could speak for myself and tell what I wanted and how, how I wanted our life to be like, and, and, and really learn how to compromise and make things work, negotiate. So I, I, it was super useful because I, I'm an, not a contentious person. I don't like conflict. And so to, to find, uh, ways to balance out was really, really helpful for us. Yeah, and and then uh, tangentially, like even though the class ends, and in our particular Marco Polo group of our class members didn't take off, um, I was able to find just a fantastic community of um, post Mormon uh, husbands, and we we talk about that's taken up all my podcast time now. But I've I've met um, men through there that have just become dear dear friends. I've gone on we've gone on trips together. We share our uh, our struggles, our 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 victories. It, it's been just an amazing group of people. And I think Jane can say the same for on, on, on yeah. her end. Yeah. It's been super helpful to have this new community where, um, in, at church, we don't feel, I feel like I'm kind of don't belong. I still go, um, sometimes, but I feel like it's really helped me find a new community to learn how to hold nuance. And it's been really, really helpful. Um, and we're kind of like fun loving people <laughs> and Natasha was awesome. She made things like light and happy. She laughs a lot. Alan is hilarious. Katie's super awesome and sweet. And so I think 
their personalities in particular are really good. And as we were doing the course, I just kept thinking like, wow, people came up with this stuff. It's good information. Like it's solid. Um, I feel like it's, it's research-based. It's really, really helpful. And, and it was, I've read self-help books. I've done marriage stuff and it was different and I, it was wonderful. Um, so I, I really liked it a lot. Yeah. And just a little demographic information. So I'm, I'm 41. I'm 40. Jane's almost there. (laughs) Uh, we have five kids. Um, ranging from 17 to, um, to four. So that's, a, that's, a, that's our experience with this. Yeah. Married in the temple, went to BYU, served in all the callings. Yeah. Both born and born and raised in the church. Um, both, both sets of our parents are still in. I like, I think our, my siblings, I've got like three out of eight are in. You've got, well, a lot of mine I don't are, know. are very, I would say they're, <laughs> they're knowing, knowing what they're, I'd say they're very nuanced now for sure. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I think them. they're in. <laughs> That's besides the point. But anyway, this class is totally worth it. Money, money well spent. Oh, super well spent. So, um, good luck. Have fun. Let's give a kiss. Love you. You have to say love you back. Oh, I love you back. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Marriage on a Tightrope and for allowing us some grace to kind of talk about our summer and go over the workshop and to fill you all in on how things are going. Moving forward, we're super excited for upcoming episodes that we have planned, uh, as well as starting the course on September 11th. Um, I want to do one uh, reminder that the prices of the workshop go up September 1st. So if you would like to join the workshop at a reduced price and you get sex and intimacy for free, uh, included, please sign up by September 1st. If you sign up after September 1st, you'll just have to pay more money. Um, but if you again are in financial need, please contact us. We would love to see what we can do to help you out. If you'd like to donate, you can go to marriage on a tightrope, um, and do that through Venmo and anything else. Yeah. To register, you go to marriage on a tightrope dot thinkific or check the show notes for the link to register. Thank you so much, everybody. We missed you. We love you. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. We'll talk to you next time.